Welcome to Ask Peggy About Your Finances, because prosperity is so much more than money. Brought to you by writer, speaker, and certified financial planner, Peggy Doviak. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Hello and welcome to the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. My name is Peggy Doviak and I'm a certified financial planner practitioner. This is a show for you to help you understand your money better. Today, we're going to look at what the stock market did year to date as well as the third quarter. We're also going to talk about some mergers that are going on in the financial services industry. In the legislative update, we're going to talk about what's going on with advisors and the fiduciary standard. In the Plan Your Prosperity today, I'm taking a really deep look into Joe Biden's proposed tax plan to help you understand some of the details of it and then maybe look at some strategies that you could discuss with your financial team. And then finally, in the Ask Peggy segment, I want to talk today about my good friend who passed away on September 23rd, 2020, Randy LaFoon, who owns the radio station where most of these broadcasts come out of. So I want to give you an opportunity to know a little bit more about Randy. I also want to tell you that if you'd like to submit a question to the show, you can go to my website, which is askpeggy.com. That's A-S-K-P-E-G-G-Y dot com. And you can click the link then to submit a question. Once you submit that, I'll probably get in contact with you, get some more details just in case I don't have them from what you sent me. And then I'll structure an answer that works as something that everyone could listen to and maybe get some information from. Remember, I can't actually give you investment advice over a radio show because I don't know enough about your situation. That's why we usually end these segments with make sure you talk to your financial team. You know, talk to those people who understand your financial circumstances a little bit better just to make sure that what I'm suggesting would work. And that goes true not just for my show, but for anyone who does a financial show of any kind. Because you can't know that person's individual circumstances, and it's really important that you talk to the people who know you better than anybody who's coming you from the other side of a radio or a computer screen or a television. So let's get started with the market data, and this is for the period ending September 30th. And quite frankly, the markets made just a remarkable comeback in the third quarter. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, remember the Dow is made up of 30 stocks, so it's not really a great indicator, but it's a really common indicator. It went up 7.18% in the third quarter, which means that year-to-date the Dow is only down 3%. And so that's remarkable, but it's not as good as what the S&P 500 has done. So remember where the Dow is 30 stocks, the S&P 500 is 500 stocks. And the S&P 500 are the 500 largest U.S. companies ranked by size so that you just go down the list, one through 500, and that makes up the S&P 500. It went up 6.98% in Q3, 
But year to date, it's up 3.64%. So that means that all of the destruction that happened in February and March in the stock market has been erased and we're actually up 3.64% in the S&P 500. The NASDAQ, which is, um, well, it used to be the electronic index, but now today so much of our investing work is done electronically already. That's not as good of a descriptor as it used to be. But it tends to focus on younger companies. It tends to have a technology focus. The NASDAQ went up 8.5% in the third quarter. But year-to-date, it's up a whopping 23.43%, so almost 25%. And I want to stop right here and talk about what this means just a little bit. Because although I am never going to say, ooh, you should buy this or you should sell this, because that's not what kind of show this is, I want to warn you about looking at a number like the NASDAQ being up almost 25%. And I want to remind you that you have to look at your investments in the focus of your financial life. And yes, the NASDAQ has had a terrific run. And if you own some NASDAQ, congratulations, it was a great decision. But this is the kind of return that got people in trouble back in the dot-com boom, more so than the, um, more than the real estate bubble and our recession of 2008. This feels much more to me like what people were seeing back in 98, 99, early 2000, when the NASDAQ and all of those technology stocks were flying so high and so fast. Remember that what goes up oftentimes comes down. Now, I'm not saying the NASDAQ's going to do that, but I'm going to really caution you to take these returns with a grain of salt and be very, very careful with your asset allocation. I would hate to see you look at these returns and assume that they're going to keep going up this way forever because this is much higher than the NASDAQ usually goes up and reversion to the mean simply suggests that's probably not going to happen. And like dump all of your boring things that made what? They lost 3% or they made 3% and oh, why am I not in the NASDAQ? It went up 25%. That's the sort of behavior that got people killed in 2000. They dumped everything they had that was boring and not doing as well and they put it all into the NASDAQ and they got slaughtered when there was that technology correction. Would we have a technology correction now? You know, we could, actually. If there were a vaccine on the horizon in the relatively near future, and relatively near future to me is, say, in the next six months. I don't time things by days or weeks. My, my time horizon is almost always in months. Then those of us who are still working from home, I am broadcasting this show from my home office again, I I miss the beautiful padded studio, but this is working. And until there's a vaccine, this is probably where I'm going to be taping the show. But the minute there's a vaccine, I'm headed back to the studio. And so all of this technology that we've all had to use, there may not be as much demand for it when there's a vaccine. 
Okay, so that's the really logical way this could unwind. From a more emotional perspective, because it has gone up so hard and so fast, if anything else made the markets take a correction, if something politically, if something in the health of the nation were to impact the markets and the markets began to go down, then we could very easily see the NASDAQ correct more because it's gone up so much, just because that's how markets tend to work. So yes, the NASDAQ is up 23.43% year to date. It is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. But don't be fooled. Don't, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but what I'm going to tell you is don't make rash decisions. Talk to your financial team. Talk to your certified financial planner practitioner. Remember why you're investing. Remember what your time horizon is before you make a decision that got a lot of people hurt back in 2000. Now, if the NASDAQ is um, going up, West Texas Intermediate Crude is going down. It was down a little over 8%. In the third quarter, and so far to date, oil is down 39.5% year to date, which is really painful. And especially if you live in an oil state like Oklahoma, where I do, this is really starting to have an impact, a long-term economic destruction. And again, it makes sense that oil is down because people aren't going as many places and the, the demand for oil is down, leading to a price contraction. It could correct back up when there's a vaccine, just like there's a chance that technology will correct down when there's a vaccine. Because I really think that we've got, we're in a very strange situation right now. I never like to make really major investments, major decisions on something that I think is anomalous in the first place. So be careful with that. The 10-year Treasury yield is down 122.21% year-to-date. And that's because of the, the rate cutting that the Fed has been doing. Remember, when the Fed cuts rates, it trickles down to all other kinds of debt instruments. Remember that bonds are debt instruments And so as a result, when the Fed cuts interest rates, bond yields go down, generally. And the 10-year Treasury yield is down 122% so far year to date. Now, if you own a bond fund, you may not have noticed that because what the yield then is the interest you're getting off of a bond. But the bond funds themselves that are more of a government blend are actually up year to date. The AGG, which this is not an endorsement of that fund, it's just a good indexed bond fund that lets me measure um, what the part of what that part of the market is doing. It's up 4.92% this year. So you want to be careful with that. The dollar is down 2.68%. A couple of other things to mention before the segment's over. And that are, that's the acquisitions going on right now in financial services. So the Schwab TD Ameritrade merger looks like it's going to happen. Um, it looks like that deal is going to close tomorrow on October 6th. 
And I hear that they're keeping the TD Ameritrade trading platform, but it's all going to become a Schwab product is what I hear. It's going to take three years for this transition to fully occur. Additionally, there is a deal between Morgan Stanley and E-Trade, and that one somehow got right by me. It's closing Friday. So it looks like um, Morgan Stanley is acquiring E-Trade. Why I'm mentioning this is if you are doing your own trading, the landscape of trading platforms is getting noticeably smaller. And some of the more discount um, platforms are being gobbled up by good platforms, but maybe not as discount. So what I'd encourage you to do if you do your own trading, if you have your own trading platforms, keep reading that fine print. Make sure what your fees are. Just know what they are. Everybody charges, okay? It's not like anybody should do anything for free. But just be very careful that you know what the fees are and that way you will know whether or not you want to keep that custodian or move someplace else. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the legislative update of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And today I want to talk about a study that was completed by the Institute for the Fiduciary Standard. And unfortunately, I can't actually find the study per se. What I'm finding are articles about the study. So it is a secondary source. I will include a link to this, though, if you want to learn more about it. And as soon as I've located the original study data, I will post that to the information as well. But it's looking at fee-only registered investment advisors who are by-law fiduciaries and finding out that roughly a third of them in this study use the term fiduciary on their website. So it's a small study. They looked at 44 fee-only RIAs and they found out that only 14 of them use the term on their website. And the general consensus from the Institute of the Fiduciary Standard is that this is a result of all of the watering down and confusion around the terminology right now. If you're a regular listener to the show or the podcast, you know that I've talked a lot about the regulation best interest and then Department of Labor saying they're going to follow the SEC's lead on that. And the belief that um, this study puts forward is that investment advisors have decided that it's just too complicated to try to put that in as a differentiating factor. So what that means to you, the consumer, is you have to ask even more questions. And I would encourage you, if you're looking at the website of a registered investment advisor's firm, an RIA, and technically the firm is the advisor, and the advisor in that firm works for their own company many times. But if they don't use the term fiduciary on the website, that doesn't mean they aren't one. It just means that they've given up trying to make that distinction in writing. So if you're wanting to call someone to ask them, go ahead and make the call, whether you see the word fiduciary or not, but ask the question and then make them put it in writing on something so that you know that the person that you're working with has committed themselves to act in the legal definition of your best interest 
even if you don't see it on their marketing materials per se, I think you'll be surprised at how many times people will say, yes, that's what they do. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Plan Your Prosperity of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And today I want to talk a little bit about the tax proposal put out by former Vice President Biden should he win re-election. And you may have lost your knowledge of this and all of the noise that has been this week. There's a few pieces that are really important for you to understand. So I wanted to take some time today and explain what he said he'll do with the taxes if he's elected. Okay, so the very first important thing that's part of this plan is what happens to income tax brackets. And if you earn over $400,000, your income tax rate will go up from where it currently is. Now, the plan's not entirely clear whether that's $400,000 for a couple or $400,000 apiece. So if you earn more than $400,000 as a couple, you might want to talk to a CPA and see if there's any strategies that you would want to take even this year. That tax rate goes to 39.6%. However, if you're married and you earn less than $400,000, your income taxes will not go up after a Biden election if, in fact, this plan is implemented. They're also putting a $400,000 limit on taking the qualified business income deduction. Now, that's used for small businesses, and it's business income that goes through all of the expense process, goes after your payroll, and it's what's left over and goes on the K-1 that you receive that you put um, in as taxable income. And if you earn over $400,000 a year, you're no longer allowed to get the preferential tax treatment of that qualified business income. Itemized deductions have also been limited so that the highest deduction rate you can take for itemized deductions is now 28%. So if you're in a tax bracket and you earn and you pay more than 28% in taxes, you cannot take an itemized deduction for your tax rate. It's going to be limited to 28%. Okay? Now, there's a number of tax credits and I'm only going to cover them briefly. A couple of them are important. I think we should talk about them a little bit more. One tax credit that I think is really interesting is the flat retirement contribution credit. And that gives you a tax credit for assuming that you're participating in your company's retirement plan. And that tax credit is based off of a tax rate at 26%. Now, if you're a low income earner, you're not probably paying 26% in taxes. And so you're actually able to take a credit for the amount you contributed at a rate that's higher than what your actual tax rate is. And so that's going to allow you to get a little bit more bang for your buck. So the idea is to incentivize people to participate in their company retirement plans. And this gives you a credit 
rather than a deduction, and that credit is based assuming that you are paying 26% in taxes. There's also going to be a higher, a higher child tax credit, a higher child independent care credit, reintroducing the first time home buyer credit, and then there's another brand new credit that I think is really important, and that is the credit for caregivers who provide informal long-term care. Now, why is it informal? Because informal long-term care is done by family members, nearly always in this country. And it's done mostly by women. And so what this is giving people who are having to be a caregiver is a $5,000 tax credit. Many times caregivers have to quit their work. They have to change jobs. They have to lower their hours. It's expensive being a caregiver, completely outside of the cost of actually the caregiving. And so I would, um, I would expect that for a lot of you, that will help. And this $5,000 credit is going to go a long way to try to make those people's lives easier. If you have investments that are taxable, if there's over a million dollars in income, long-term capital gains and qualified dividends are no longer taxed at long-term capital gains rates of 15%. Their tax is ordinary income tax. So with income levels over a million and a taxable account, then that's going to, um, that's going to cause your taxes to go up. Many people don't have taxable investment accounts. Many people don't have a million dollars in income, even if they do. So again, this is hitting higher earners more than it's hitting average Americans. Now, the one part of the plan that will impact the average American is the elimination of the step up in basis on inherited assets. So what this means is if you inherit something the value of it does not reset to the value as of the date of death. So if you inherit a stock that is in an after-tax account and the, your, the owner bought it when they were very young and so they bought it for a cheap price and now it's worth a lot of money, up until now that value resets to today's value as of the date that the person dies. Eliminating the step-up in basis means that your basis is now the basis that the person who bought it paid for it. And that will be a major tax hit because it's on property, it's all kinds of things. So that will cause some tax issues for people and it's important that you know that. Finally, there's been an adjustment down on estate and gift tax exclusion rates. Remember the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act raised it to 11.58 million the Biden tax plan cuts that in half. So now you're only able to exclude the first five and three quarter million dollars that is in your estate. Now, if your estate's not worth five and three quarter million dollars, then you do not have an issue with this. But if your estate is worth more than that, then you will have, you're more likely to hit estate tax. It's bringing it more down to the levels that it was prior to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So pay attention to all of this. Talk to your financial planner. Talk to your CPA. See if there's strategies you want to follow. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. 
Welcome back to the Ask Peggy segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And I have to make an admission. I'm actually taping this part of the show first today because I want to make sure I have enough time to say everything I want to say. And I also want to tell you that this week's question is from me. And the question this week is, Peggy, what's a friend? And the answer to that question is my friend, Randy LaFoon, who passed away on September 23rd, 2020, after a fierce battle with cancer. Randy owned the radio station where I tape this show. He also, it's the same place where I tape my prosperity points that are one minute segments that play in my local town. I met Randy after a Chamber of Commerce auction where I won some radio advertising. And he and Tracy Gray came into my office, and rather than just suggesting that I cut an ad, which was what I thought I was going to do, they suggested that I instead cut one-minute spots where I taught people about finance. And I say all of this to say that they saw something in me, Randy saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. I didn't know if I could do it or not, but I thought that the idea was really intriguing. After I'd been taping those for a while, I had the opportunity to create a radio show for another station, but that station was actually so small it didn't have a studio. When I told Randy about the opportunity, he said that I was able to use the soundproof room, the wonderful soundproof room at Sports Talk Radio. So when you're listening to this show and you hear the thanks to Sports Talk for production assistance, that's all thanks to Randy. And not only Randy, but the amazing team at Sports Talk. There's so much talent. There's such amazing people that, that it's just remarkable. But let me tell you a little bit about my friend Randy LaFoon. My friend Randy LaFoon was friends with every single human being in Norman. And there wasn't anything in Norman that he wouldn't do. There wasn't any committee that he wouldn't volunteer for. He gave his time. He gave his money. He gave his treasure. He was one of the biggest local celebrities in town, and yet he was never full of himself. He was always so kind to me, so kind to every person that I've ever talked to. You know, usually when you talk about someone, there's people who like them and people who don't. I honestly don't know a person who didn't love Randy LaFoon. And even though we knew that he was suffering terribly, we all cried when he lost this battle because we wanted him so badly to win it. And he won it over and over, and then the cancer came back. So this is my opportunity to say thank you to Randy LaFoon. It's my opportunity to give my deepest regrets and so much sorrow to his wife, Debbie, and his sons, Trevor and Trent, who were just his life, to my dear friend at the radio station, Tracy Gray, 
to TJ Perry, who always makes this show sound so amazing, to Drake, who's helped me set up my home office with a microphone and some soundproofing so it doesn't sound just terrible, to all of the talent, to all of the people who make the talent work. And I'm thanking all of them because Randy brought that team together and he knows how to bring out the best in people and they're all amazing people and he saw that in all of them. So it's a real shame that that I have to do this. I really, really thought this wouldn't come. I really thought he was going to pull it off. But but all of my my deepest love to Randy and his family and everyone at Sports Talk Radio. And um, if you got to know Randy, if you're listening to this in Norman, you know what I'm talking about. If you are listening to this on another station, you really missed a treat because Randy LaFoon was without question the greatest of all time. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. You may submit personal finance questions to the Ask Peggy Facebook page and learn more at PeggyDoviak.com. And remember, prosperity is so much more than money.